So, side questing podcast. This is actually episode 18. 18. One week, totally one week later. Totally not recorded on the same day. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Uh, one thing I have to throw in before we start, Tom. Yes. Uh, actually, I did something kind of cool this week because I was feeling a little ambitious. Mm-hmm. So, our original intro song, that little snippet of music. Yes. Uh, I found it on like Adobe Stock or something. It was just like stock sound that I could use for free. Right. And I was like, okay, it's kind of catchy. It's kind of good. But I always wanted to come back and like redo the theme song. Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it properly. So uh, on Monday, I reached out to the guys at Hyper Potions. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm not sure who, how many of you are familiar with their music. They do some incredible like glitch hop like video game music. And it sounds really fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Reached out to them, said, hey, like, I love your music. Uh, and they had always been really open about letting you use their music for streams and stuff. Right. So emailed them, just said, I know on your YouTube channel, it says, you know, you can use music for streams and use it as long as you credit like that. I just wanted to make sure the rules were the same for the podcast, because I never want to steal anybody's hard work. I would feel terrible if I was accused of doing that. Right. So I reached out to them and they said, yeah, that was cool. Uh, so I made a new theme song incorporating one of their songs that will be debuting. Actually debuted at the beginning of this episode. Sounded really good, didn't it? Yeah, it sounded <laughs> awesome. So uh, this is me just giving credit to the guys over at Hyper Potions. Go check out their YouTube channel, Hyper Potions, all their music. It's absolutely fantastic uh, on Spotify, wherever you can stream music uh, and you can purchase music. They're absolutely great guys. They love dogs. Uh, their music <laughs> was actually featured in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and in Sonic Mania. Yep. So they're uh, incredible. I hope so you enjoy These are the, the people that you want to support people. Like, De- definitely. So, so you don't get very many people nowadays who are doing things like free copyright, free of copyright for people to use their music or even anything that they do um, for other projects. It's, they definitely have an artistic mindset, which is the awesome part of it. So they put the people first rather than the dollar, which is just a amazing thing to hear from an artist who's passionate about their work. So, yeah, yeah I definitely I didn't support hear, them. I didn't hear directly from them. I heard from like their representation and they were like, yeah, it's cool. Just make sure you like you give proper credit. So the fact that the, the representation credit. is even saying this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely go check them out if you haven't and um, go buy their music, stream it, you buy merch off their website, hyperpotions.com. I think it's hyperpotions.com. I'll have to double check, but everything will be linked in the description of this uh, episode and going forward, all the future episodes that we use it in. So thank you guys. I don't know if you'll ever listen or actually ever know me by person, but thank you. You guys are awesome and love your music and love all the stuff you're doing. So keep up the awesome work. Yes, keep up the awesome we work. We expect definitely. to see more stuff in Sonic the Hedgehog too. Definitely, uh, as long <laughs> as that movie doesn't go completely off the rails. <laughs> I mean, they have batshit crazy Jim Carrey as uh, uh, Eggman now, so I mean, it could go crazy. You don't know. <laughs> True, and I believe that uh, Tails and Knuckles are going to be in this one too, from what it, I've I heard. Think, I think it's supposed to follow the game lineage so the first game was just sonic and this one is supposed to be where knuckles gets tricked into being a villain by eggman because he says that sonic is the villain trying to steal the chaos emeralds excellent so if they're following that style storyline then yes they're both supposed to be in there as long as jim carries back in it that's that's all that i need so (laughs) i I was down as soon as i heard he was coming back totally down so all right so uh this episode's gonna be actually pretty cool because we're gonna be getting 
this is completely 100% uh, Tom's idea. He wanted to spend an episode just talking about RPGs. Yes. So we're going to do that. Uh, first of all, though, I was talking to you last night and I have to ask you. I was just like about to ask you about it. <laughs> yes. I think we're going to talk about Pokemon Snap. Right? <laughs> yes. OK, so we got it last night and Taylor and I have been playing it. And by Taylor and I have been playing it, I've played like three levels and Taylor's played like 17 levels. So. <laughs> A lot of fun. So I just wanted to get what your initial impressions were okay. for the new Pokemon Snap. Okay, So I streamed it last night and yes. uh, I only played about two and a half hours. Um, I am loving the artistic way they are doing things. Um, I will say, though. That tutorial. Can go F itself. <laughs> it felt like the tutorial took five hours. <laughs> um but no no i absolutely love the game i love the engine they're running it on i love the the feeling like it feels like it's a rogue game honestly like you can go into a level and then the next time you go to run that level again there's new stuff like things are appearing in different areas and i find that amazing because it's all based on your level i guess yeah so every time you level up, you get a new form of that level. Which with is, new Pokemon with and new, new Pokemon just, and new. And sometimes like, they're events. doing different things. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. I never would have guessed that they could do something like that. Um, definitely adds the replay value for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and after only two and a half hours, I was only able to get to the first run of the jungle. And that's it. Okay, well, that's where we are right now. So that's actually kind of cool that we're both kind of at the same spot. Yeah. So I, I, the fact that I have played for two and a half hours and the original Pokemon Snap can be beaten in almost three hours, if not less. The fact that I was able to get through only that much means this game is going to be much longer. <laughs> Which is awesome. And I think this is where. You know, we, we always make fun of the Pokemon roster for some of the less like inspired Pokemon that they have. But I think now that we're so many generations in and now you can release a new Pokemon Snap that has so many different Pokemon, you can make the game longer. Because mm -hmm. with the original, the original Pokemon Snap was just the original 150, right? Yes. So, yeah. How many times can you only do the original 150? And I'm, I'm still learning about Pokemon that I didn't even know existed. And I'm an extensive player of all the generations. And I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't even know that, that one was real or that was a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the original game did their best with what they had. I mean, it was everyone played the original Pokemon Stadium, like with the original 150. They did the best they could with what they had. And the fact that they were able to make different areas for Pokemon Snap in the original and have different types of Pokemon show up in those different areas was genius and i think that's why there was such a push to try and get a second game of snap made and we kind of all expected one to come out for like the wii u or even the wii but nothing ever happened so people kind of gave up on it and then they're like oh the switch is perfect like it can it uses the motion controls if you want them but you can also use a controller and with all the pokemon games that are out right now and with the graphics they can use on it, it's ridiculous. And I just got the attachment for uh, Pokemon Snap 2, like one of the achievement things, where you can get cel-shaded style. 
Oh, really? They, they give you different filters. I'm like, what oh, is that's this? Awesome. What is this Instagram? We haven't even played with any of the filters or anything yet. We've just been obsessively like going through and, and snapping Pokemon <laughs> as the title suggests. Yes. Don't use the actual uh, photo or the actual photographer term for taking pictures because uh, then you get a call from PETA and you'll probably get arrested. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I'm we're really enjoying this game. It's it's amazing. It's really nice to go from. You know, I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise for the last like probably <laughs> almost two months now. Yeah. So the fact that I'm going from an angry monkey that's punching the shit out of me <laughs> to riding casually through like a forest and taking pictures of Pokemon is mm-hmm. like so serene and so peaceful. It's like I'm like, wow, my stress level is lower than it's been in weeks. And <laughs> Definitely. Fact, and the fact in this game that you have to actually pay attention to everything like in the original game, it's like, oh, there's one Pokemon over here and one over here. You just have to pay attention to like this certain area. In this game, you have to look in the grass. You have to look in the trees. You have to look far off in the fields. You have to like look in every single spot or else you're going to miss something. Like there's a, I remember my first run of the plains area. I'm going forward and you get to that spot after the Bufalant area. You go over the bridge and you're like in that little like wooded area. Yeah. A fucking Amolga flew at my face. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> that initial scene like stressed me out because I was <laughs> like I was super. I'm like, all right, I'm going to capture all the Pokemon. And then I was like, oh, that like flew by my head. And then like I'm like, oh, there's something over there. And then like, oh, another one flew by my head. Now that like the first level I played, I was super stressed out. And then I was like, oh, well, this isn't like a serious game, so I can just go back and replay the levels and get pictures. But yeah. man, the Molgas are definitely hard to get pictures of for sure because they just literally like fly right by your face <laughs> and you're like, oh, OK. Uh, but no, I'm I'm loving what they're doing with the game. I'm loving what they're doing with an actual story in the game, which I did not expect. Brought back our boy Todd. They brought back our boy Todd, who had the best glow up of any fucking Pokemon character <laughs> ever to exist. Only, yeah, Todd, he's looking good. He's looking healthy. The only glow up more that I can think of is Misty from Pokemon Red to Pokemon like Gold and Silver. That's the only like glow up I can say happened better. <laughs> Definitely. I didn't realize it was Todd till his name came up because he wears the same clothes and everything. But that does not look like the Todd I know. His head shrunk right. and his hair got manageable. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have like the all over curly hair like he used nope. to or whatever was going nope. on there. He doesn't got the half row anymore. <laughs> The half row. The half row. I like that because as soon as I was, I was like, "Oh, it's Todd from the game and from the show." And yeah. I was like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "It's Todd from the Todd game and snap. the show." You do not disrespect that name. <laughs> Todd Snap. <laughs> Up there with legendary artists like Van Gogh, <laughs> Ansel Adams, famous <laughs> photographers. Come on, come on. Got to get with the program here. Yeah, no, we're really enjoying it. It's definitely one of my like absolute delight. One of the one of my favorite games this year so far. I think Mm -hmm. it's it's fantastic. It's a a nice chill game. Like it's something you can just relax to. You had a hard day at work. Okay, I'm going to go take a picture of Pokemon and just kind of chill out. That's it. There aren't a lot of games like that anymore where it's just kind of you trying to chill out. It just it doesn't happen like whether you're playing Battle Royale or, you know, listen, I want to hear I just started playing Tetris 99 and uh, <laughs> that must be stressful. It's let's fun. just say that I can o- I'm only in the uh, the top 20 of the 99 because those people get bloodthirsty. <laughs> I bet. 
Tetris is a ruthless, ruthless blood sport, man. I, I know. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So, yeah, I'm glad that we're both uh, enjoying Pokemon Snap. I'm sure we'll be elaborating on it more as we both progress through the story. Definitely. 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 So, all right, let's get to today's topic on hand, Tom. You really want, you were really excited to talk yes. about this one. You were like, you're like, let's just have an episode because after going back and listening to a couple of our episodes again, I feel like we at one point or another always touch on RPGs in yep. like every single episode. So you were like, let's have an episode devoted pretty much just RPGs and just talking about them. So mm-hmm. we're going to do that. So I'm going to just let you start going however you want to go. I made a bunch of notes on my Google Doc, but I'm just going to let you start talking about whatever you want to talk about. And we can go from there. So um, RPG I, episode, let's make it happen. I would like to say that uh, the first thing that you put on here is uh, uh, not an In- RPG. <laughs> which, which one's that? Uh, you have uh, Kingdom Hearts on here. Oh, so this was <laughs> I had this on here. This Listen. <laughs> it's, it's 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 further down that was just an episode i was going to do in case like is an emergency okay, episode okay for like one week if we didn't have an upload or something okay gotcha so yeah <laughs> okay i was like looking at him like does he know what an rpg is did i meet did i talk to the wrong person <laughs> i mean it's an action rpg kind of except there's no like it's not like i i, I guess there's no real level up to it Eh, yeah, I guess you could say that. So. <laughs> it's it's a hack and slasher. Uh, yeah, yeah. H N S R P G hack and slasher. H S R P G. H S R P G. We're hiring a brand new one. Like God of War and like uh, Bayonetta and uh, what's another I would say, one? <laughs> I would say it's more of an RPG than like the Assassin's Creed's game have been yes. trying to be lately. Yes. Definitely, but. It's not like a full like traditional RPG. I have definitely. always seen Assassin's Creed as like an like a, a murder simulator. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> That's all it is. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, historical it, murder simulator. I mean, you kill the Pope in the second game. I mean, come on now. <laughs> hey kids, would you like to murder important historical figures and affect the course of history? Yeah. I'm I'm re- I'm waiting for Assassin's Creed like seven Wolfenstein, where you have to go assassinate. Uh, Hitler. Hitler. Oh Jesus! Like That's I want, dark. I want that crossover where it's Wolfenstein and Assassin's Creed mixed together. Listen, throw any <laughs> amount of money at somebody, and I'm, they'll they'll be bound to do it for sure. Right. All right. So, so anyway, yeah, go ahead. Um. So as like like Eric stated earlier, we've pretty much to- touched on this topic pretty much every episode. Just about. Um, big fans of Final Fantasy. Uh, we talk about that more than anything, I think. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of like lesser known RPGs that people don't really know about because there's they kind of delay or they're overshadowed by other popular RPGs. Like, does anybody even know what Legend of Dragoon is? Like, did you ever play that one? I never did, but I know of it, though. It's, it's a PS1. Like, it was a classic. Like it was made a classic when I first learned about it, which was back in like junior high. <laughs> so that's like over so many years ago, because I'm not going to say how old I am, but uh, old. Uh, but there's always been like this thing where if it's not Final Fantasy or it's not like that style, like Pokemon and stuff like that, it's not going to be popular in the West. Mm hmm. And I think that's kind of BS because there are a lot of good RPGs 
that you just have to try out because a their stories are amazing the characters are like well built and even some of them have like awesome combat systems that i would not expect um for instance there is a uh, what is it there is an rpg series i think it's called sikoiden if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um it's a turn-based rpg like Final Fantasy and whatnot, but it was very much overshadowed by Final Fantasy eight. I think it was seven or eight. Okay. Um, it's battle system is a combo input. So you do kind of like you're doing like a Tifa file or, um, uh, limit break or like a, uh, a Zell from Final Fantasy eight limit break where you have to do the combos and actually get different moves out of it. It's like that in their fighting system. And that's just regular battle. It's not just like a limit break system. No, that's just how they do their battle systems. And depending on if you do the right order for that character, they continue the combo for a little bit longer. And I thought that was genius. I've never seen that in a fight uh, other than in a fighting game. It makes it less. It, it makes it a little bit more action-packed for those who think that uh, turn-based fighting systems are kind of dull and slow. Because I can see where that people get that idea. Because you click an A button and it does whatever it does. I like those systems because I grew up with those systems. But I can see where somebody would get kind of like bored of it after a while. Right. I think really the and and what kind of is the cause of, of that problem. Whereas yeah, Western audiences don't tend to care as much for things that are like turn-based or a little bit like that. At least initially is we need guns and we need to kill people immediately. Listen, so (laughs) you're exactly right. So, and that kind of leads back to like the cultural divide between different RPGs. So RPGs are generally split into two camps here. Mm -hmm. There's JRPGs, which are made, obviously Japanese RPGs, which are made in the East. And then there's Western RPGs. So you might be thinking, okay, so what are some examples? So JRPGs, those are really easy. That's Final Fantasy. uh, That's Dragon Quest. Those style of games are very, very much uh, JRPG style of games. Yes. Western RPGs are a little bit different. And I think this is where I struggled with this because you and I grew up with JRPGs, right? JRPGs was my first experience with RPGs at all. Like you said, Final Fantasy and stuff like that. Whereas Western RPGs were doing things like they were more action oriented. Yes. At like Diablo. Yeah. You have your Diablo. That'd be fair. You have say. your uh, Elder Scrolls games. Like a lot of them, um, like ex- exceptions for like Diablo and stuff. Because Diablo was just a top down dungeon run rpg you'd go right. through you with your character um what's the other game um gauntlet gauntlet, gauntlet. Was one of those as well yep um you go through complete your mission that you have to do and it's supposed to be like kind almost kind of short-lived rpg it's just supposed to tell you a quick story your character goes through does the test that he's supposed to do and that's kind of repeated to this day like you can go in and play games like uh let's say mass effect mass effect is a western rpg you boost your character you make your own character you go through the story you do the story that's it mass effect especially is is a very as i was doing research is a 
very very strong in the camp of western rpgs because mm-hmm. something else something else that western rpgs do a lot is and you can see this in fallout and a couple other games is western rpgs more than jrpgs rely on like branching dialogue systems yes to kind of give you different outcomes whereas a jrpg knows what story it wants to tell you and focuses all of its energy on building an immersive world and characters around that story to, to tell you that story in the best way possible so yeah you're right mass effects is a perfect example of like what a western rpg would be considered um and if you notice, a lot of Western RPGs have the build your own character. They want you yes. to have a pretty much silent protagonist. That way the character doesn't is growing at whatever you feel the pace is. Right. So it's not like you're playing Final Fantasy VII and Cloud is just going to do whatever you tell him to do. He's going to follow a specific path that the game has. And there might be here or there different things that might change some aspects but they want to give you like progression on this character they want to give you a story they want something that's going to connect with you as a person whereas if you look at a western style such as like let's go with uh, the memeable one the skyrims and stuff like that you build your character and you make them whatever you want them to be it's what you feel is going to happen it's like when people start playing Skyrim and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to try a different path this time. I'm going to play as like a mage rather than play as like a warrior or like a rogue or whatnot. Most of the time, you're going to go back to the way that you originally played. Right. Because it's what you have seen this character as beforehand. Right. And the the drawback of the create your own character system is, at least early on, and they've tried to be better about this going mm-hmm. forward, but... In JRPGs, you have specifically defined characters and what their characteristics are. When you have a created character system, you're kind of making just a generic cookie cutter type of guy that goes through the adventure. So a lot of early Western RPGs, while they were still pretty good, you know, if if you're playing an RPG for a story or to like learn about characters and stuff, uh, created characters don't really have the greatest personalities or stories or anything like that. They're very dry and bland and it makes them. I mean, the idea is supposed to be like you're creating your character. It's supposed to be you in the story, but mm-hmm. you're still trying to connect to this character. And it's just got generic dialogue and mm-hmm. sort of not a very like no personality almost. And don't take us the wrong way, because that doesn't mean that Western RPGs are bad because there are a lot of Western RPGs that I absolutely love. I have Definitely. played I have played Skyrim 17 times. <laughs> probably same. I'm not sure how many, but probably um, same. Not saying I finished all of them, but I definitely went through them multiple times. Um, but there's games like uh, for for me uh, personally, like uh, the Dark Souls and like the Bloodborne games, stuff like that, where I love the challenge of those games. They don't give yeah. you the best character development. But the way that they tell a story in those games that like you have to find little hints here and there or you get it from picking up dialogue through NPCs and stuff like that. I like that because it's like it's a hunt. It's something you have to find out for yourself. But then when you see. When you see a Japanese company make a Western RPG like that, like if you have ever played. um, What's it called? Code Rain. Is it Code Rain? Code. Oh, what is the name of that game? 
Code Vein? Code Vein. That's what it is. <laughs> it sounds familiar, but the second word just a little bit off. The Code Vein. Yeah, Code Vein. <laughs> um, it's like they took a Bloodborne or Dark Souls path in a game, but it felt empty. Like, yeah, you don't get the... You get that silent protagonist who's there to do what he does. It's challenging. It's great and all that. But it feels empty. Right. So they tried to style. It didn't work out. So they haven't really done much else for it. And they kind of start redoing like their classic style RPGs, which I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. So either way, I'm not saying that Western RPGs are bad. Because I will never say a game series or style is bad because there's always that one that you're going to end up liking. Um, so whether you like the Elder Scrolls games or Diablo is a huge one in the West. Like Diablo 2, I think, is one of the most popular PC games, if I'm not mistaken. Like the one of the number one like downloaded ones. Yeah, I think it definitely is. And now they're remastering it. So that tells and you that it's really popular. Which or bl- remaking it, actually. I which think. blew or up. Or whatever. Which blew up at BlizzardCon. What, was it last year? The year before? This Blizz- year, maybe? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked about it this year briefly. And we were like, oh, we didn't even know BlizzardCon was happening. <laughs> no, it was from last year because I actually watched it. Oh, okay. Um, but they had their event where they were announcing uh, Diablo 2. Rem- or remaster or remake or whatever it is. And people were going nuts for it. And it's definitely a game that it's like a big thing in the West. And I can understand. I've played some of the Diablo games. I enjoy them. Right. I can't play them for a long time because I don't like the top-down view or whatnot. But the stories are usually really good, very impactful. And artistically, they're pretty top-notch. But I'm a, I'm a weeb at heart. So, I mean... What do you expect? Yeah, and, that, <laughs> and like you said, that that honestly, and this and this isn't the only factor, but that honestly comes down to a lot of just col- cultural differences between mm-hmm. what what styles we like here versus what styles are like in Japan. So like for Western RPGs, initially when they were making them, right, they were initially made for PC and they were darker and had more gritty kind of tones to them. Yep. And they were more often targeted at mature audiences because that much mature audiences were the ones that actually could afford computers. Right. This wasn't the case in Japan because at the time the economy wasn't really doing that good and people didn't really couldn't afford personal computers, but home consoles were really widely available in Japan. Mm -hmm. So because the Japanese uh, developers were more limited in the technology they could do with things with consoles, they had to develop a different kind of style to make RPGs that would fit in home consoles. And because of that, because everybody had a console in their home, they were targeting a more wide general family audience. Mm -hmm. So whereas Western RPGs are more gritty, dark kind of have more like evil kind of stories, Mm -hmm. uh, the influence of Japanese culture on their RPGs, uh, like example, the uh, Japanese cultural significance of Kawasai. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm saying that. Kawaii, Kawaii, something no, like that. Kawasai, you got it. He was being cute. Like Kawaii. Oh, that's Kawaii. What I'm Kawaii. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and even in, even in more, even male characters who look, you know, are in their design, when they design male characters, they're supposed to also be beautiful. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is just kind of a product of the consoles and the PCs. Like the, what you're going to play them on was kind of, a designing factor there, right. right? And 
also like the influence of just Japanese culture in general, which is more collective, which is not as aggressive as Western culture. Yeah, it definitely isn't. Uh, and that's what kind of led to, you know, because consoles weren't as powerful, they couldn't have such an open ended story where Western RPGs kind of were able to do that. So that's why you have games that have a certain degree of freedom, but do feel more linear, but mm-hmm. also are more expansive on the stories that they're trying to tell about the characters in the world. That right. makes sense. Exactly. And I mean, on, look at the first few like PC games that had come out. You had games like Diablo. You had games like, um, uh, um, Oregon Trail. And you had games like Quake and Wolfenstein and Doom, all these super dark, dark RPG style games. That just shows it right there that most of the people playing this are not going to be kids. Like those games alone are not kid friendly. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because Nintendo and Japan are putting out games like Mario and Zelda and uh, and we're putting out stuff that is literally kill the demons of hell. (laughs) So like that's that's all you need to know. You're going to get a badass soundtrack out of it. But (laughs) unless you're a Christian household that is good at exercising demons, I mean, you're probably not going to be playing this. Which you think is as prevalent as religion is in, in our country that uh, people like that would be totally OK with killing demons. And like that's, that would be and that's totally another thing. That's another big part of it. Like over there, um, their religious views are very fluid. Whereas in the States or other countries, different religions are very. It's I don't want to use the word that way, but it, it's segregated almost. Yeah, like. Each is to their own. You wouldn't go to you can go to Japan and talk about multiple different religions in a game that just happened to be in the same one. So I'm going to go back to this because it's RPG related, so I can talk about it here. You can't yep. give me shit about it. <laughs> um, if you play games like Persona, in Persona you can basically contract these demons and creatures to be kind of like Pokemon for you. They do mad. They, that's how you learn magic and do all this different stuff. And they are like a big part of the game. But there are characters in there like you can have Michael, the archangel. And also have Loki for Norse mythology and also have like Sus- Susano from Japanese culture. And Buddha. And <laughs> like you can have all these different like gods and religions tied together in this game because they don't care. They're like, okay, this game is just, it's something we made up. Right. It can talk about all these different things and not have anything like hateful toward it. It it kind of reminds me of the episode of South Park where like, with like Jesus is like there's like a council of like all the all the deities or something like that. It's like Jesus and friends or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't I don't know. I think that's an episode of South Park. I seem to remember or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, no, you hit the nail on the head. And more often than not, in JRPGs, one of the main enemies that you tend to end up fighting is like the church. Mm-hmm. More often than not. Yep. Like Final Fantasy X is a perfect example of that the like the church has a stranglehold a, on life. It's a in war on it's a war on modern day and religion. Yes. Which if you look at like um Industrial Revolution in England, that's a lot of what that was. 
So they took like stuff from real life and then tied it to a game without it being like, I mean, it's over the top. Don't get me wrong. It's very much over the top, but it's not like super like pointing to one or the other because there are people from said church in 10 that are really good people. But then you see people that are supposed to be like modern day that are really bad people. So it's not neither one way or another. It's just there are certain people that act certain ways like humans are. Like this person is bad because they chose to be bad. This person is good because they chose to be good. This person's indifferent because he's a dick. <laughs> I'm talking about Sid. You all know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's not like it's a insult to religion specifically no. where it's like, oh, this is all terrible. It's really more of a to me, I take something away from a story like that, whereas it's it's it just happens to be religion that is the focus of this, right? Because religions are often highly organized and very powerful. Mm -hmm. Any organization that is very powerful and highly organized is kind of a threat to yeah. do the same thing. And that's that's kind of the thing I take away from it. It's like there are good people and while they come off while the organization tries to come off as good, you know, sometimes people at the top have nefarious intentions. Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I feel. Exactly. But yeah, in a society like ours, like American society is very heavily like rooted in Christianity specifically. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people feel uncomfortable when those themes get addressed in a game like Final Fantasy 10. And there are just uncomfortable like it's not really hit on the head and says like the hey this is this religion but there's enough there that it makes people that follow that religion they can pick up on those themes uncomfortable yes so so there was a game that came out back in what was it 2010 i think it was yeah 2010 a god of war style game i don't know if you ever played this called dante's inferno I've seen Dante's Inferno played, yes. It is heavily, heavily, heavily <laughs> um, talking about Christian religion and like ideas and stuff like that, um, following the story, like a modified story of the actual tale of Dante. Right, I was going to say, it's based on like the book, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But it's like, it adds little things here and there that you're like, oh, well, I kind of have to think about this. Um, but it talks about how sometimes religions can be wrong. Like it can teach, like there are certain things that people do in said religions that sometimes is kind of like a, either a gray area or just downright wrong. Like the crusades in Christian religion from back way, 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 way back. They believe Christianity was the number one religion. So if nobody believed them or didn't want to change to that side, they were to be extinguished. Right. And that's kind of how this story goes. He was a crusade or he was a general in the crusades. He became kind of like a demon of a man. Went through all this whole thing only to go to hell to try and save his loved one who was there because he had sinned according to that, his view on religion. Mm -hmm. So there are games in Western 
ideas that do this. This is one of those H and S RPGs as we speak of them. Yes. <laughs> um, but you don't hear about this game. And I think the fact that the way that it views it, the religion or the religious side is the reason why you don't hear about it. Yeah. It's a very different take on what you would see on a Western RPG. The most that you get out of like Western RPGs for like religious like talk is like a fake religion in like a Elder Scrolls game or something along those lines. Right. And Dante's Inferno is very on the nose with it too. It it doesn't really it, it, it doesn't does, really pull its punches. It does so. not hide anything. No. It is very old testament. <laughs> yeah, I've always I've always found that interesting as a person that was raised my entire life uh in christianity mm-hmm. and uh i to me i think i appreciate the games like that because man i didn't realize this was going to turn into a thing about a heavy <laughs> conversation about religion and rpgs like I, I like it i like how we kind of just end up here naturally to me it it's you know i, I kind of like those criticisms because i i see you know, you know, those all those games make a pretty good point. And if the last four years didn't really tell you anything without getting too politically like they, they they're kind of on the nose about yeah. about everything. And not on the nose, but they, they bring up valid points where uh, a lot of religion is more often than not, you know, it's especially Christianity is supposed to be like a religion of peace and, you know, you're supposed to feel a sense of purpose in life and calm because you know that all the wrong things you've done have been forgiven. But at the same time, it's, you know, like the last four years, it's used to ostracize and attack and belittle anybody that doesn't belong to it. Mm -hmm. And that's what the, that's what everyone sees. And so, yeah, when you have games, yeah, like final fantasy 10 or, uh, a more prominent one I can think of that I just played was a couple years ago was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I still need to get on that because I've heard great things about it and I have not tried it yet. I own it. I have not played it. Yeah, it it, it makes you realize that while religion may have good intent and the message might be good, mm-hmm. it is still a organization that is run by fallible people mm-hmm. and it is not it is not immune to being corrupted by people for their own ends. So, and then that was a big theme in, in Xenoblade Chronicles too, where and I won't spoil too much of the story where like the church was, was supposed to be like this good thing in this, in this guiding light and this pillar that gave people comfort in this, in this world. And you find out pretty late in the story that like, you know, there aren't, there are some pretty like messed up people that are at the higher levels of, of the, the church. And it's just like, wow, this really feels like a, critique on the modern (laughs) like they're trying not to be super on the nose about it but the themes are there definitely right and that's like like believe what you want to believe i am very what's the word agnostic yeah i don't i don't have a set religion on anything if you tell me that norse mythology 100 is correct i will believe you and i will get a helmet and an axe and i will go fight for valhalla um, but don't use it as an excuse to just kind of like, as just as an excuse for anything. If, as long especially, as you're being, to, especially to exclude people. Exactly. 
Yeah. Like if you're using it as like, oh, this is an actual like peaceful way, like you're using it to like have a better mindset and it's making you feel happier and it's doing all this for you and it's what you truly believe, great. But if you're using it to do like in these games, using it to like belittle people or like treat it as like an excuse to do what you want, that's not, that's, that's not, no, no. Play one of these games. They'll show you what happens. <laughs> There's going to be a little kid with like some magical God sent powers that's going to come after you. <laughs> one day you're sitting in school, mind your own business. Next day you're fighting God. So, I mean, yeah. that's just the natural progression yeah. of things. So be just in, be careful. <laughs> you're going to be in class and there's going to be a kid with a monkey tail hanging out the window looking at you. Just like, yeah, you, me outside right now. <laughs> What are you be, doing? Well, we're going to kill God, of course. Yeah, oh, okay. There's going to be like epic choral music playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm not. I'm not saying religion's bad. I don't. I don't care either way. It's not right. my. It's not my place to say on anybody. But these games definitely give people, specific people, feelings on certain games, and you can tell because there are certain things that happen in games that make people feel very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But that's just it. It's a game. Most of the time, it's not in directing of anybody. It's just, that's what they came up with as a story. And it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't Can't mean, help it that it just, yeah. That, yeah. Just because it, you're just like, Ooh, if, so if, if a game comes out and it makes you feel uncomfortable to the point where you're like, Ooh, like this makes you feel uncomfortable because in the back of your mind, you know, it's happening. Like maybe just maybe <laughs> it's not the game's fault. I'm not saying it's your fault, but maybe you should reconsider like the things that you're a part of. <laughs> just like, just saying. <laughs> yeah, but so, I, I don't know. So yeah. Um, to get off of the uh, source subject, yeah. Um, actually i'd like to make a point if i could yeah going back to our how western rpgs are kind of like darker and grittier and japanese rpgs are like more mm-hmm. uh kind of lighthearted, focused around younger people so this i'll be honest doing the research for for this topic when i was reading some stuff and i just vomited notes on the page as you can see mm-hmm. it kind of made me appreciate a little bit more the importance of final fantasy 7 <laughs> because i f- and you're gonna laugh at me but i i so but i feel like before seven there was still kind of this like it was hard for jrpgs to break into the western market right oh you're, you're because, not wrong you're not wrong yeah there. but when you look at what the kind of what a jrpg is and its specific things mm-hmm and then like like dragon quest for example and then you play final fantasy 7 and you realize Wow, it feels almost like they were trying to go for like a more darker Western style RPG, some themes. Right. Because compared to some of the other Final Fantasies and compared to some of the other JRPGs that you would play, like seven is really dark. Like it takes place in like a futuristic dystopian, like mechanical world and the world is dying and uh, the protagonist cloud is a little more off putting than standard protagonists would be. So I feel like that's why it was really successful in the West, because it was more used to what people had experienced before. Well, look at the Final Fantasy games that were popularized in the West. You have Final Fantasy VI, which mm-hmm. is about segregation and judgment of other species and characters and whatnot based on their backgrounds and their past and whatnot. Right. But it's also about people of power getting stabbed in the back by their second in command 
who is doing and a, that person destroying the world basically destroying the world like there's i remember the first scene that actually like almost like hit me as hard as any game has ever hit me um was in final fantasy 6 you are going to this village and people are extremely sick like super sick and you're trying to figure out why and a few seconds later you're down the riverbed and you find um kefka having his soldiers put poison in the water. Now, mind you, Kefka is just like a little clown man, not intimidating at all, except his laugh is creepy as fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, but if you want to know what Kefka's laugh is, if you play any mod hacks of any of like the Sonic or Mario like horror games, his laugh is what they use for that. Um, and you learn that this guy is like second command like he is like the second highest person and the kingdom doesn't even realize what he's doing he's mass murdering people just for the fun of it he's like the first yeah. psychopath I had actually seen in a game like oh this guy is like whew. like he's a tier above what I've seen like I'm used to like Bowser and like Dr. Wiley and stuff like that, but like nothing this bad. They had some yeah, redeeming bad, bad qualities. Guys that were almost like laughable. It's just like, oh, yeah. haha, Eggman funny or yeah, Bowser yeah. funny. Yeah. But no, yeah, this guy was super just just for no reason, just beyond cruel. Yeah, he's poisoning water and then throwing his own soldiers in kind of psychopath. Yeah. Um, then you have Final Fantasy seven. They're part of like you start off as part of a terrorist group. It's a rebel group, but it's technically a terrorist group. You go in yeah. and destroy shit and put people at harm. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> then you get to Final Fantasy VIII. We won't talk about that because that's basically like a Kojima mindfuck of a game. You, you might be dead in that game. We're not you, sure. You might be dead. You don't know. You, after, the first, <laughs> after the first disc, which none of you youngins will know about the changing of discs in these games. Um, you, you can hear that about our, our topic that we had last week with Snowy the Strong. Um, Anyway, yes, last week, this, last week. <laughs> um, it's also about like kids, they're forcing kids to t kind of take a step up and fight the battles of the last generation, mm -hmm. which is something that you do not see in any game. No, it, it's, it's normally just nameless, like named protagonist who just wants to do good. And this is like you are forced to do this because this is your job. Like, you have to do this. And I think that's the thing that gets undersighted when it, people talk about how, like, they hate Final Fantasy VIII and because it doesn't make any sense. It does. They're at a military school. This is their job. They're here to kill the bad, kill the bad guys. That's it. If somebody's a traitor to them, like how, um, uh, why am I blank? Cypher is, you have to kill him. Then you get to Final Fantasy IX. As I say, then you get to Kingdom Hearts and Cypher's just running security <laughs> for a town. He plays he so. plays a game where you hit people with, with wiffle ball bats. And yeah, it's you, a severe demotion. <laughs> like, but he's he, come he has a far. sick redesign, though. You gotta admit that. That bandana True. and everything, he looks like snow from Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah, and I, and I like when I like when Vivi essentially turns into Yoda from Star Wars and just starts flipping all over the place. V Vivi becomes a tank, okay? And may or may not be a real person. <laughs> 
yeah we're not 100 he might sure, be so. a nobody but he might also be a person i'm not sure not gonna lie when i first played final fantasy or final fantasy uh kingdom hearts 2 i thought he was a, a heartless not gonna lie <laughs> i like, thought they were like kill him i was like oh wait hold on the heartless is living with the people what do i do what do i yep. do <laughs> it's like uh sorry my old friend we uh <laughs> we went through some ventures together but i gotta put you down unfortunately <laughs> show no mercy <laughs> um you get to final fantasy 9 which you look at nine and at the beginning, it's a childish kind of like cartoony style game. Something you don't really see in any other Final Fantasy at all. Even with like the new games and everything, there's nothing like it except for like, what's that one that came out? World of Final Fantasy. It's just, yeah. it's completely different. Um, then you get into the story of it and you're like, oh shit, like BB has a backstory that's dark as hell. Yeah. Uh, Friggin' uh, what's his name? Uh, the warrior guy that joins you, the like Amarant? Yes. Yeah. His story is fucking whew. Whew. <laughs> he's he's yeah. da- he's dapper AF, but I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Vivi specifically, and the, the more I think about it, he very Final Fantasy Nine deals with and I, I did this in my solo pod. I talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit. It, it deals with the concept of death mm-hmm. and how, and we very clearly multiple times, especially when Vivi discovers black mage village has a very relatable fear that we all experience and have. He said, I don't want to stop. I don't want to die. And when like, he's like, I'm afraid of that. And when he says that, you're just like, fuck mm-hmm. like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's the most human emotion because death is something we all experience together and that's the one common thing that binds us all mm-hmm. besides that we're stuck on this rock hurling through space uh you know towards the inevitable heat death of the universe uh <laughs> you know everybody dies and that's something that everybody has to learn how to come to terms with yep. and so just yeah it's it deals with some and a lot of other final fantasies don't even really like like everybody's the hero and isn't afraid to to like throw themselves into danger and isn't afraid to die or anything. But Vivi was like the first one who was just like, yeah, that that scares me. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want that to happen to me. I mean, and, and just the start of that game, Vivi is just a, like a little kid wandering around, not knowing what yeah. the hell to do. And his grandpa died. His grandpa died. And he's just like, OK, I'm going to go to the city and I'm going to do watch this show. Like sad. Is this what you do? <laughs> um. <laughs> And then, like, people like Zidane, who are seen as, like, a heartless, like, thief. But he's more of, like, a Robin Hood character. But with, like, a little bit more, like, oomph thrown into it. Yeah. Well, he likes girls, so. he, 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 Well, I mean, yes. But, like, that's <laughs> that was his starting goal. But then he's, like, you find out about what he is. And that holds, that has a whole nother level to his story. Yeah. Like, he thinks he's like he's trying to like show up and be like this show off kind of character protagonist, mm-hmm. which is common in these RPGs. Like you have the hothead character who's just like, I'm here because I want to get like I want to get recognized. And then he has to deal with this like. This feeling of like uh, individuality, like is he. Is he himself? Or is he just like a clone that's just going to act a certain way? And that's just how it is. Right, because you figure out eventually through the story that Zidane has left Tantalus multiple times. Mm-hmm. 
and he's gone because he, he's every once in a while this desire comes over him to figure out like where he came from like what his origins are and he leaves and every time he comes back he, he like baku takes him back but he essentially like beats the shit out of him and then like lets him like come back yeah <laughs> like make an example out listen, of him listen listen baku is like best bro though i mean come on now he is you fight him he's wearing a dragon head thing like first time you fight him it's like dude why are you wearing it why are you wearing this like dragon head thing what's yep. going on here yep <laughs> um and i would like to touch very if, shortly on my favorite character out of final fantasy yeah. 9 uh freya like, yeah. freya Freya's story is incredible her story is amazing like she has one of the most like heartbreaking stories i have ever really heard mm-hmm. she's just fighting because she's trying to search for her lost loved one and it's like she's going through all this like not knowing what's gonna happen or like what has happened and it's like yeah Whoa. on top of that <laughs> yeah she's she's searching for the guy she loves yes and like while she's doing this her home country gets attacked and yep. pretty much just wiped out oh and then the neighboring country which is the same people because she's like a rat folk yes the rat folk people. um yeah it gets annihilated too so on top of her looking for the person that she loves mm-hmm. both of like a majority of her people are like wiped from the face of the planet yeah and then she finally finds the guy that she does love and he like doesn't remember her because yep. he's suffered something that like modified his memory or something she's like i finally found you and he's like new phone who dis essentially yeah pretty much like yeah it's super heartbreaking but she's one of the few like spear characters in final fantasy and i absolutely love yeah. her for that because it's like essentially like the dragoon class yeah and that's awesome and the fact that everyone in the story has like a different feel to them everyone has their own way of doing things it's it's not just one set point yeah it's not like oh these people are your companions they're gonna blindly follow you right no she also has one of the best moves in the game uh i think it's called dragon crest yes because every time you kill a dragon with her it it gains levels so you can just do nine 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 damage pretty much with every attack so yep because that's what i'm looking for in a character (laughs) (laughs) listen i don't know i don't have anything clever to say to that so yeah you're right (laughs) every time every time zadane goes to do something stupid like garnet's just like listen here bitch like you you're gonna listen (laughs) Essentially, yeah. Or I'm going to give you the Quen and going to cook your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. All right. So we're almost out of time. Um, anything else you care to touch on? I think that was a good conversation, honestly. Got, it went to some places that I honestly wasn't expecting, and that's kind of what I love about. That's what's great about RPGs, because they cover yeah. so many different aspects of like a game genre that people usually are kind of worried to talk about in other forms of media. Yeah, you can play a Final Fantasy game and be like, oh, this guy was good. Like, I'll I'll touch on one of my favorites real quick before we do anything else. Uh, Final Fantasy four. You have um, Kane, who was a good person, like he was part of like the Dragoon Corps, I think it was. And uh, he was your best friend. Was it Kane? Yeah, yeah, it was Kane, because Cecil is your character. he was part of the Dragoon Corps. And oh, I, uh, I hate to interrupt you, but I got a text message that Milo is absolutely losing his shit. OK, I'll end, <laughs> right I'll end this real quick. Um, yeah. He was Sorry. he was your best friend. And then the next time you see him after you get banished because you choose not to kill somebody. He tries to kill you. And he doesn't hear anything else that you're saying to him, like he does not give a shit. He is going to kill you. And you guys had been friends for like 
as long as you can remember. So they have ways of twisting it where it's like, oh yeah, you guys were friends, but now you're going to be killing each other. Like this is how this is going to go. Right. And it's a cool twist on a story that you just don't expect from any other type of game. Right. And I think the beautiful thing about RPGs too is it's not a one size fits all, right? It, it means different things to different people depending yeah. on who you are. And yeah. that's, the, that's the real beauty of these games, I think. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So it's good talk. Um, like I said, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to cut it off here because mm-hmm. my dog is absolutely losing his mind right now. And, uh, we've been at this. We, for, will, we will touch on this subject on another day, another date. We have yes. much more to talk about on this style. Hopefully it won't get as dark next time. And, uh, we have other problems to deal with at this moment. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's a beautiful way to wrap it up, Tom. Thank you so much. You, you guys have a good week and, uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Later. Ah!